Welcome everyone to the Accelerate Golf podcast, where we speak with great players and around the country who have club championship pedigree. Today, we are fortunate to have an eight-time club champion in Chris Lenzen, who plays out of the Tarshpa Knowles Golf Club in Connecticut with us. Now, starting in 2001, uh, Chris has not only won eight club championships, but he's actually featured in the final almost 12 to 13 times. So without further ado, welcome, Chris. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate it. And Chris, I know you've been so good for so long, and we are going to drill that deep into that during our conversation. But are there any other tournaments you've won over your golf career, which maybe I did not include in the, in the introduction? Um, you know, starting when I was, I guess, probably back in my high school days, uh, I was runner-up in the, uh, it's a pretty prestigious junior tournament, the uh, the Jay Bork uh, tournament. Uh, I was runner-up when we, uh, Tashwood had hosted it. And then when I was 17, uh, me and a couple other uh, high school buddies, we ended up winning the uh, Oldsmobile Scramble. Uh, we advanced all the way to to uh, Disney in Florida, which uh, which we did not, uh, you know, the outcome was a little different as being a bunch of uh, high school kids against a lot of adults. Wow. Um, and then as I moved on, I uh, played in a what's called the it used to be the Mercedes uh, Mercedes Invitational. It was an amateur tournament based around the uh, first tournament, the Mercedes tournament in, in uh, Hawaii. And I was able to win the local and the um, the sectional twice in advance to uh, Kapalua two times. Um, where we came in second, I came in second place one time out of, uh, I guess, uh, you know, a, a major amount of players across the country. And then, um, and then we also, uh, in the area, we have the greater Bridgeport district tournament, which, uh, consists of the six or seven of the uh, local courses. And I won that twice. Wow. So some great play for such a long time. Um, so if you don't mind taking us from the start of your golf journey, Chris, so that we can all understand how you got to being so good of a player. Honestly, it's it's weird because I always feel like golf, you know, I know golf is very hard for a lot of people, um, but maybe because I picked it up at such a young age, um, um, I started playing when I was around, around 10 years old. Um, my parents, I live maybe about three minutes from Tashua my whole life, and I used to my mom would drop me off at Tashua sometimes at 9 a.m. and and pick me up sometimes at four or five o'clock at night the next you know that same day, um, whether it was just going out to play nine holes or or going to the driving range or um, going to the putting green and and just because I liked it so much. Um, and then I also got a job when I was 14 at the golf course. I worked on the driving range and I also worked in the restaurant. So there was nights where I would just walk around the, the, the driving range, chipping balls or hitting balls um, and spending, uh, you know, predominantly most of my uh, after school days at the golf course. So what, what was your age when you first picked up a club? 10. And when did the bug actually bite when you really got interested in getting really good at it? Probably a little bit after that. Uh, you know, I, I, I think, I think growing up as a, you know, on the course, my father was a, uh, was a six handicap. 
Um, but he, he used to hit this balloon slice, you know, whatever you want to call it, that people used to, you know, a lot of, he was known for it, I guess, because, you know, it was always a joke, like how, you know, how's your dad going to, you know, how's Joe going to hit this shot? Because there's trees, you know, there's always trees in the way on the left-hand side of every hole. Um, but, uh, but he was a good putter and, and, and growing up watching him, um, and always heard good things about him kind of, you know, wanted me to, you know, follow in his footsteps a little bit. So. And did you ha- take any lessons or did your dad basically teach you during those years? It was weird. I, I, I didn't take a lot of, le- I didn't, you know, I didn't take any official lessons. A lot of my lessons might have come, you know, after after picking up the range or at the range. Um, and because if we, if I, it was weird, like the caveat, you know, my, my reward was if I got the range picked up quick enough, the uh, back then, the assistant pro at the time, um, uh, Fred Kolakowski, who you know, unfortunately has passed away now, he, him, and a couple other guys that were in the pro shop we used to go out and we, we used to what's called we used to play what the, the loop is 10 11 12 and then jump to 17 and play 18 and you know try to get in before dark but a lot of a lot of my teaching kind of came you know playing those five holes possibly you know two three four times a week and uh and just learning learning chipping, learning how to, you know, sometimes people laugh when I chip with an eight iron. I'm like, well, that's, that's how I was, you know, if I'm around the green, I'm not using a pitching wedge. I, I use a more of an eight iron or a seven iron. Um, so just some of the things that I, I picked up, uh, being always being around golf for a long time. Okay. And then when you were entering high school, you were probably already a fairly decent player, right? Yes. And so were you part of the Trumbull high school team? Yes, I uh, I played back then. It was in the spring. You know, I, I would the the hardest part of growing up in the East Coast, as you know, is 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 trying to get your game up to speed already. You know, as, as the season starts. So I used to always have a routine of you know bringing a shag bag to the driving range, maybe in February or March if there was no snow in the ground, and hitting sand wedge or pitching wedge or just one iron or two irons just to get my swing going. And I always, you know, if I always wanted to make any adjustments to my grip or my swing, it, it, it would always have to be in the spring after having a couple months off. Um, so, and, and predominantly, you know, that, that was the way I prepared myself for, you know, for high school golf, uh, cause there wasn't a lot of time for tryouts or, or going on the course to, to get some rounds in because you know like i said sometimes we the course wouldn't open up until april and as soon as the course opened up matches would start so and what was your handicap around around that time i think i was somewhere around a between a seven and a nine uh it would fluctuate um just because i i remember when we played in the oldsmobile scramble we only we were only allowed one person under nine and, and it wasn't me my, my my buddy of mine at the time when i was uh he was a two i was a nine and we had another you know another kid who was a, a 10 or 11 so I, I just you know being remember working my way down you know from a nine uh, i played three years at trumbull high and then when i you know graduated trumbull high went to fearful U, and i remember my freshman year um going out for the golf team and, and the and the coach asking me what my handicap was and I said I was a six. 
And he's like, you know, he was kind of like, well, you know, we have a lot of sixes on the team. You know, why, why should you play golf? Like, why should you be on this team? Right. So. Uh, and then what was like, did you have to have a playoff to get in or? Again, it was, it was weird. Cause the East coast, you know, bad, you know, tough winter. I remember uh, we went to Smith Richardson and hit balls at the driving range and, and maybe played nine holes. And, and, and honestly, he, I remember the, the words he, I, he took me in his office and he said to me, he goes, I don't like the way you approach the ball. I know you said you're a six handicap, but I did ask around some of the people in town and, I, and they say they know you and they say you're a good golfer. I'm going to put you on the last spot on the team. You know, and I said, thank you. That's all I could say. You know. And then you were on the team the entire four years. Yeah. I, I, so I eventually, our first match and our, we played at Patterson. It was a, a try match against I think Sacred Heart and UB. And I think I shot 81 and I was upset with myself because I knew it was my chance to, to try to shine a little bit, but it turned out 81 was a low man on our team. Um, and I said to him, I go, what require, you know, what's the requirement to, to a, to stay on the team B, to be like a starter and he's like it, it doesn't matter you know it doesn't matter what year you are if you can shoot 75 every day then you'll play and i you know and eventually i went to a, a tournament in uh, new at new seabury and i ended up shooting i think i finished in the top 10 in the tournament and i from that moment on i became a you know in, in the tops one of the top spots on the team for four years so Wow. And so towards the end of your college golf career, like what was your handicap then? Was it, were you close to scratch at that? Yeah, point? I was, I was down to a two or three. Um, <clears throat> honestly, I, I don't think I got to a scratch probably until, until maybe 10 years after I, or, or seven or eight years after I graduated college. Cause after college was over, I mean, playing some of the best courses around, you know, in the, in the, in the Northeast, um, I took a lot of time off from golf, um, enjoyed my early twenties, I guess you want to say, and then probably somewhere around, uh, when I was 27, 28, started playing golf again. Um, and, and from there on it, it, it you know, it, I, I didn't really miss a beat actually. I mean, you know, practiced a little bit, but, uh, I think I, I got into my first club championship finals in maybe 98 or 99, lost in 36 holes went you know following year lost again on the 36th hole and then and then eventually after that i think i won i think i made it to the finals i think uh like seven times and might have won seven out of eight times in the you know in the next 10 years so it was uh i won three in a row and then you know then then tony scott won two in a row and then i won three in a row again so i mean in the you know early 2000s to 2000 maybe 15 in that area for a 15 year stretch. I played some good golf. I think I was at one point, I was a plus, um, set the course record twice, tied the course record twice at those times, shooting 66 a couple times. Uh, and, you know, so it was a good run, you know, for those, those periods of time there. Yeah. And, and that 66 stood the test of time for almost 11 years as the course record at Tashwa. So, um, so you were obviously, really good and really consistent so what is it something is it something intrinsic to your game which you know keeps you that consistent because as all of us know golf is a fickle game isn't it <laughs> it it's it's very uh it's very hard because you can 
you could par seven holes in a row and and somehow, you know, for some reason on the next hole make a triple. I mean, there's really, you know, a lot of times there's no rhyme or reason to, you know, where your swing goes or where maybe your your thought process ends up. But but the thing that I I guess for me, I my my swing is very I keep everything simple. Um, a lot of people, you know, I, I swing as hard as they can or they they worry about length. Um, how far can you hit it? Uh, I mean, maybe probably back in my early 20s, I could say I used to hit it 300 or I think my largest, my longest. We used to host at, at Tasha, we used to host a, the regional or sectional long drive competition on the first hole. And um, I think I my longest recorded was 331 or 332. Um, and then I advanced on to the regional, which was um, – in Connecticut and I won that and I got to Massachusetts and it was just a different, you know, different game there. But, um, once I realized that keeping the ball, managing your game became more important, you know, managing, keeping the ball in the short fairway. Um, I'd rather hit six iron from 170 than possibly hitting nine iron from the rough or, you know, the woods or, or so forth. So my average drive nowadays is 260 you know, 255 to 265. But like I said, I mean, I, I can, I'd rather be in the short stuff and, and people, some people laugh at me, be, joke with me because I can, I'll use a golf ball for two or three rounds at a time. Cause I, I don't lose golf balls. So. So keeping it in play is, has been the key to your low scoring. Would that be correct to say that? Yeah. Yes, definitely. Totally. And yeah. then what about days when you're not playing well, where despite not going for distance, you're kind of spraying it a little bit. And now, because you were not trying to hit it hard, now you're in the rough and you're a little bit further back. How do you manage those days? Um, again, course management, you know, you're not going to hit every green. I mean, that's still, you know, you, you'd love to say, hey, I hit 18 greens today, but sometimes you're out there hitting nine greens. Or I remember playing um, Bronson in a uh, qualifier for the, 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 the districts and I think I hit two greens and I shot 75. Um, you know, it's just a matter of knowing where the, you know, also trying to know where the missed the green and, and what's your, what's your, what are your strengths around the green? Um, you know, if hitting it in a bunker with a front pin is, you know, a, a good option, you know, then do it. I mean, you know, if you know your bunker game, but, but I always try to even say to a lot of the, 12 to 15 handicappers to try not to turn, you know, a bogey into a double, you know, try not to turn a, a you know, or bogey into a triple. I mean, try to try to get it close to the green, try to get it within 10 feet and try to make a putt. I mean, obviously that's, you know, it's easier said than done, but some days the putter might feel a lot hotter than, you know, than your driver or your wedge game or, you know, so, you know, just, just keep it, uh, you know, keep it in, in, know your, try to know your game and know what's, you know, what you, what you're up to that, you know, what you're capable of that day, I guess. So, uh, you know, another angle I'm interested in is given that, you know, you have a family, you have other commitments outside of golf and clearly time is a scarce resource. <laughs> so in order to keep your game up, do you go practice the short game part? much much more than the than your irons and your driver how do you 
what advice would you give to the 99% of public out there who are not as good as you are? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would concentrate on sometimes, you know, 100 yards and in. Uh, because, again, if your driver's not straight or if, you, if, if you're always seeing like you're figuring out, you're punching out, you know, it's weird. Like nowadays, probably in the last two or three years, I can hit pretty much all my clubs to within three to five yards. And, and, and a lot of people don't know their distance. So, so I mean, maybe, maybe I can't get home in two on, on a, par, a long par four, but if I, if I'm, you know, if I, if it's something that I'm not comfortable doing, I'd rather hit it to 90 yards. Cause I know that if I get it to 90 yards, my sand wedge, I can probably put it within 10 feet. Okay. And, you know, and, you know, and, and that's always, you know, the, the key is, you know, and I know if I, a lot of times people are like, why aren't you going for the green and two on a par five? Because if I put it to 40 yards or 30 yards, I don't have that shot. I have a 90 yard shot. I don't have a 30 yard shot. So, but that's my game. It doesn't mean it's, you know, everyone's game, but it's just, you know, that's what you're comfortable with. So, so I think that the, the key is to, to try to, again, it's always just trying to know your game and, and hit it to a comp get comfortable with a certain iron and, and I don't care if you, you know, you, you beat the, the, the crap out of the face of it, but you know, just keep hitting that shot, you know, keep working on that one shot. So what is your favorite club in the bag? Um, I'll probably say my 52, uh, my sandwich or my 52, um, are, are pretty you know close. Cause I, I know again, that one, one fifteen, one eighteen maybe 120 i can hit my 52 and i know it's you know it's going to be on the green it's going to be close and uh sand wedge same thing you know I, people laugh at me you know i can i can hit a sand wedge maybe 20 feet off the ground you know a knockdown sandwich that people you know, you know or sometimes a lot of times people don't try things like maybe go out there one day and not worry about your score but just worry about trying new shots so right. a lot of people don't have feel anymore it's all mechanics they worry about their mechanics, but sometimes you, you have to have, all, you know, it, um, I was talking to a, a buddy of mine, Doug Mahalko the other day, and we were laughing about how we could hit, we could hit five iron, you know, from 180 and we could hit five iron from 90 yards. Sometimes, you know, it, it depends on, you know, on the wind, it depends on the, you know, what you're looking at, you know, underneath, but, but you need to, you know, have some feel, um, you know, which is going to help, you know, help generate a better shot. So, and the other piece of being good is sometimes when you're on a hot streak and you're making birdie after birdie, uh, you are not, uh, you know, confounded by the fact that you're playing that well and you're like, oh, I, I will revert to the mean and make like a, a bogey or a bunch of bogeys or a double. How do you get comfortable with the fact that you're playing well and you've made six, seven, eight birdies? Because that mental uh, acceptance of being such a good player, I feel I have not seen that in too many players that they're comfortable shooting low. How do you get comfortable shooting low? It's a good feeling. Um, I used to have that thought process and I always would always wait for that other shoe to drop, I guess where if I made two or three birdies, like you're saying, the mentality is, all right, when, when is the, when is the bogey streak going to happen? But once, once you become more, 
comfortable with your game. I had some days that, you know, I remember probably for about a three or four year stretch, um, mid to late 2000s, early, two, you know, uh, 2010, 11, I could go out and bogey the first three holes and I knew, I knew I'd still shoot under par. So sometimes it's, it's a matter of, your, you know, having the confidence and knowing your game, but, you know, but I also feel that, you know, a lot of it is up here in the brain, the mentality of, of being confident and knowing, again, you've been there before. Not that you want to start talking to yourself on the course, but sometimes you, you might also have to just take a step back and, and relax. I used to take my shoes off a lot back in the day. I used to play barefoot. People used to laugh at me, but I don't, I'm not, I, I never was a, a guy to wear a baseball, a, a golf hat. I used to always, uh, so I, so my rally cap wasn't turning my hat around backwards. It was take my shoes off. <laughs> so, so that was always a strange thing. So clearly you're very self-aware as a golfer um, and quite confident, very comfortable shooting low scores. Uh, do you take lessons, uh, regular lessons, or do you manage the the development of your game on your own? Yeah, I, I manage it on my own. I, I Every year I think about taking a lesson from, from Dave or Bobby um, to maybe work on maybe trying to extend my swing or, or hit it, try to figure out how I can hit it a little farther nowadays since I'm, I'm in my fifties. But, uh, but I know, I guess I always keep going back to the fact that I know I can, I know I can shoot well. I know on any given day I could shoot even par or under par still, but I'd rather not, maybe I'm being conservative. I'm, I don't want to change anything. Um, so, so sometimes, you know, the conservative side of me won't let me go grab a lesson so that just because it, because if it doesn't work right away, I, then I might go back to what I'm used to and what I'm used to really isn't that bad. So, um, you know, and again, it's, I still try new things out as long as I've been playing golf now for, for 40 years, if I'm at the driving range with my son or my wife or my daughter and something's not going right. Like I'll try something new. I'll, I'll put the ball farther back in my stands. I'll move it up in my stance. I'll turn my shoulders. I'll try to tweak a couple of things and just try to, you know, try to have the, uh, the you know, the, the understanding of only those shots, you know, the, those shots only happen when maybe you're in certain situations, but, uh, but always come up with a routine and, and try not to, you know, try not to change from that routine. And, you know, there is so much information nowadays available at your fingertips uh, on YouTube, Instagram. You know, there's about a million people giving you golf tips. Do you look at all that stuff? Honestly, I don't think I've looked at one thing. It's it's weird. Like, uh, there's so many guys out there that I know that live and die, maybe used to maybe by Golf Channel, you know, watching the different um, – grips and different the claw the this the that i mean i i don't watch any uh if i watch a golf channel i watch it because i'm watching the open or i'm watching i'm watching the pre you know preview of something i i don't i used to read golf digest but i never really you know paid attention to any of the uh you know the recommend you know whatever they're talking about new grips and so forth so it's something i've never i've never paid attention to so it doesn't sound like 
you do too many changes to the equipment side either. Um, no. like, a, like this golf set you're playing with right now, how long has that been <laughs> with you? My driver is a nine oh a Titleist 909D. The grip, uh, I think where my thumb is, is it could be used as a uh, training. Uh, uh, my sand wedge is a Ben Hogan 58. My father gave it to me when I was in high school. So that's over. Uh, I've had it regrooved a couple times, but I don't think I can regroove it anymore. Um, my uh, my irons probably are about ten years old. I still use a ping eye, uh, ping eye two uh, beryllium three iron. So that's probably f another thirty five years old. My three wood I uh, I got for free um, in one of the Mercedes tournaments back in two thousand and four. So I, I don't, uh, again, I don't change my conservative. What's, I guess, what's, you know, what's the, whatever the phrase is, you know, if it's not broke, you know. Um, don't fix it. Yeah. So I, I, I've tried to, I've, I've gotten new Titleist drivers, but I've, I actually gave one to my son. I go, Dad, here, I paid $200 for this. You use it because I don't, unless it's, maybe it's the, maybe I'm just used to the shaft. Um, and that's, you know, and that, since I'm not as technical with the game, I don't really um, pay attention or, or, or wonder if, if I did switch clubs, will five yards, you know, make a difference uh, or so forth, you know, with all these new, uh, new drivers out there. And so, you know. So that's actually quite refreshing to hear, frankly, Chris, because, you know, so much information comes at you nowadays, you know, with the internet and, and TV, the golf channel and so on, that it's really heartening to hear that, you know, you can't really buy a game. Like you have yeah. to be aware of what your strengths and weaknesses are and play the game according to your strengths and weaknesses, not somebody other's advice, correct? Correct. I mean, and I was just thinking about it. I think my putter, my putter has to be 20. I mean, typically putters, you know, I think a lot of people stick with putters. But I know a lot of people might even change them if uh, if they're not working. <laughs> yeah, so you know it, it could be the putter. Uh, but I've I've used my putter probably for 15, 20 years. I do remember someone someone buying me a putter for my birthday, and it was just like I you know uh, how do I resell it because I'm it, it's not like something you can get as a gift. Uh, yeah. But what about the golf ball? I mean, you know, there's technology in, in the golf ball, which theoretically keeps advancing according to their marketing every two, three years. What what golf ball do you play? I started out with playing the Pro Vs, um, but r honestly now any tour ball with black lettering, I don't like the Xs. I, I just like, you know, whether it's a, a, a Bridgestone, whether it's a Vice, whether it's the Pro V. Um, I'm trying to think what else uh, I might use. Uh, uh, you know, I guess whatever whatever I have in my bag, I, I I'll play. It, I, I don't. Again, I'm not a I'm not a high maintenance player. Um, I'll you know I'll use I'll, I'll sometimes I'll go out there with. Uh, with a couple balls in my bag, one, you know, plastic tee and, and, and hope that, you know, and, and a glove, maybe even a glove might have a hole in it because, you know, it's, you know, I'm, you know, I could buy whatever I want. I probably over, I, I think I probably have maybe a thousand or $1,500 in credit 
between seven or eight different courses. I, you know, I'll buy, you know, between winning, you know, some, some tournaments or, or, or coming placing in tournaments. Right. And, and it's just a matter of, I, I don't need a lot. So, um, but the, the golf balls, I, I, I've been, I've moved, uh, I moved a couple of years ago and I, my wife laughed at me cause I had a, a, a gray bin full of golf balls and some, some of them were still professional nineties, uh, from probably back in the nineties and, you know, and, uh, and actually, I just cleaned out a box that I found a bunch of golf ball sleeves that I, I'm just like, I'm going to give my son pro V's, but they're, they're, they're probably, they're, they might be five or six years old, but I don't think he's going to care, you know, if he's playing with a, you know, a little, you know, an older pro V, but. Okay. So just exploring, you know, the elevation of your game from when you were, let's say a six or even a three, four handicap. To the point where you know, like let's say in the early, let's say the two thousand tens, where you were shooting under par. What did you do to go from being a three, four, five handicap to that scratch level? I might have practiced a little more than normal, um, and I might have, you know, I, I might have had been blessed with a with my wife allowing me to do that, um, where you know where I might. But I also might have brought my kids up there when my kids, maybe my kid was, my daughter might have been four or five years old, or my son was, you know, just learning how to you know, put a club in his hand. So, I, you know, it, it might have been a, a twofold thing of, hey, let me bring my kids to the range, but I'm going to try to get, you know, get a little extra in. Or I played, the more I play, the better I got. And, and, I, and I say that because I used to, start off always slow april may and then start picking it up in june right and predominantly the month of july was always that month that i might play probably 20 to 20 21 rounds in 30 days in the month of july between the weekend golf tournaments at tashua between uh two-day member member um three-day member guest at Mill River that uh, I used to get invited to. We used to have a trip to Crump and Fox, three-day trip to Crump, Crump and Fox, and then a couple scrambles on a Monday. Uh, and then next day you know it, it was boom. It was club championship. So sometimes actually playing in scrambles used to relax my putting because I used to joke when I used to play in a scramble with uh, a couple guys and and I would be the, the one putting first. I wasn't the best putter in the group. Um, so I would always be the one putting first. Uh, and sometimes that would relax me, uh, knowing that I didn't have to make anything, you know, I just had to show them the line, but you know, and then next thing you know it, I'm, uh, you know, I'm making, you know, I'm making more five footers. I used to, you know, the key, sometimes the key was making all you know, making a lot of five footers, six footers. And so going from that, that three or four handicap to a, a scratch or a plus two, you know, it was more of a no three putts. You know, again, knowing knowing your game. If you got a twenty five footer or a thirty footer, you don't have to. You know, you don't have to try to make it. Just get it close. You're not trying. You know, and 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 playing eighteen holes without a three putt, um, hitting more greens. You know, being more comfortable with your irons and uh, and 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 getting hot with your putter. And 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 it seemed for sometimes for a couple of years the putter. You know was hot um so got it and you know you obviously are you know 
clearly a very thoughtful, mature golfer with a great game. Have you ever played with someone who was another level better than you are? Oh, yeah. Um, even now, playing with with uh you know jeff gelderman you know the geldermans and so, you know, a lot of these younger kids that they make it look you know effortless you know it's it's or nick cook playing you know watching nick cook play years ago i mean go out and shoot 67 you know some guys would go out and shoot 67 on a bad day and that's when you kind of knew that that was there was that that was the next step like my bad day was 74 75 their bad day was 6970 and then and then you also then you had the you know the next level be, you know past that where you had some of the you know some of the guys that were pros at our local courses that could shoot you know 67 68 um so what was the difference between your game and their game which allowed them to do that I'm assuming it had to be practice and, 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 and it had to be, you know, the, the fact that they would hit the ball a lot, high, a lot, not a lot farther, but they would hit it maybe 15, 20 yards by me, but more, they were just more consistent as consistent as I thought I was, they were consistently hitting it farther and they were consistently hitting it closer to the pin um, where nowadays the, 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 you know, my game's a little different where if I, if I hit it, you know, if I, if I hit one or two within 10 feet versus having a bunch of 25, 30 footers, you know, it's, it's different because again, I mean, I, I might be comfortable hitting the six iron into a green, but I'd rather be hitting an eight or nine iron into the green. Um, you know, I mean, uh, being six, seven, 360 pounds, I have a little advantage, you know, of, of being able to, to hit my irons a little farther. I just don't use my 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 advantage for hitting my driver, just because I, I just don't uh, for whatever reason I just don't go after it. So, great, great. This has been a wonderful conversation and very enjoyable, Chris. Uh, as we leave, is there any parting advice you have for the rest of humanity struggling to be, you know, better than a ten handicap out there? What would you say to them? Just keep plugging at it. Um, just you know, try to find what you know what what you're comfortable with, and um, and and just try to know your game more. So, um, it, you know, it, it it'll come. You know, and uh, and 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 just at the end of the day, remember you're playing golf. Have fun. Um, you know, have a couple beers while you're doing it because you know it, 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 sometimes you don't realize uh, being on the golf course for four or five hours. Uh, you know, it, it could be a little more relaxing than, you know, than what a lot of people make it out to be. So, Great. Thank you for that, Chris. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a wrap for today with eight-time club champion, Chris Lenzen. Thank, Thank you, you very Chris. much. Appreciate it.